Genesis Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 7, season 24. Welcome back, three more to go. Are you excited? I am most definitely excited, so to speak. But anyway, before we start, uh, we've got Jackie Boy banging back. Jack, everyone wants to know, how's the doggy? The dog is fine. I'm also, uh, I've decided to go without a coffee this week because uh, obviously caused some sort of social media uproar by having a pumpkin spice latte last week. So I've I've gone, I, I've I've risked everything and gone caffeine free for this podcast. I hope everyone respects that decision. And of course we respect it. Before we go any further, of course, last week we were talking about um, that the, the hot topic was was cordial um, and whether you put the cordial in and then put the water in or vice versa. Where do you sit on this, Jack? Always cordial in first to me. That's crazy. Because you can't judge the strength. Especially the double strength stuff, you can throw yourself quite easily. Yeah, you, can, you, you can judge the strength if you put it in, put the cordial in first, can't you? Because you can see how much cordial you're putting in, and then you put the water in afterwards. Yeah, no, I think you, you, I think John, Big John Desborough said that. Maybe it's a, maybe, maybe it's a, it's, it's, it's a journalistic thing, because me and Rye were the other way around, you see. But... This caused a little bit of an uproar as well on, on, on social media in the sense that somebody did question the fact that I called it cordial. Surely it's squash. Where are you, where, where you on that, Jack? Say that one again. Uh, well, I called it cordial and then I was corrected on social media to say it should be squash. Oh, right. OK. Yeah, I think this is one of those kind of scone scone situations, isn't it? Or uh, a, a batch or a bap or, or one of those situations. I, I'd probably say I'd probably say squash. Um, but I'm not offended by cordial, to be honest no, with you. It's no, not, no, I'm no. not going to lose any sleep over people no, calling no. it cordial. You'd, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed how it affects people. Ryan Champion, where do you squash your cordial? It kind of gets cold juice in this house. Yeah, but the, the, then you can kind of throw things because if you've got fresh orange juice, I know which we do have as well. Yeah, so it's it's a complicated topic. You know, I think we should maybe just stick to rallying. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, but I don't think any of us are qualified enough for this. Even for the, the rallying drinks, bit. The whole drinks <laughs> industry. I mean, I mean, maybe, you know, Seth Perez, I'm sure you're listening. You're into the drinks industry. Maybe we should get you on, but we'll call a podcast Absolute Drinks or something. Absolutely pissed. Might be a good start, might not There you go. Anyway, um, uh, so um, we, we probably should get back to rallying, as, 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 as Raj just said. Um, Rally Spain, uh, you went with us last week, Jackie Boy Bunyan. Um I'm assuming, assuming is the wrong word, you were across Rally Spain. Um, I, I'm going to start with, um, I know you're a bit of a Thierry fan. Were you, um, were, were you surprised by Thierry's win? Bearing in mind, obviously, uh, slightly in different form recently prior to this event. Well, first of all, uh, I missed the predictions last week, obviously, and I we didn't I do predicted, them. We I, didn't predicted actually... the top, I predicted the top 10 perfectly. You, you wouldn't believe it. I got every single person in the top 10 correct, even though uh, we didn't actually publish the uh, predictions. Yeah, um, I think the only thing to, I think the only thing you can really expect with Thierry Nova is the unexpected, isn't it? And uh, it's not been the most consistent season, even by his standards. Obviously, the, the co-driver change and, and things like that have, have mixed things up for him. And Hyundai have had their own problems with well various different things from suspension on on gravel rallies to kind of what seems like maybe electronic gremlins and andre adamo saying that he believes the cars have their own soul and that they uh kind of have problems on only on rallies and not in testing before rallies which is a uh, something that's quite difficult to to combat if you're high on dive but 
to be honest, that was a, as about as convincing drive as you'll get, really. I know he didn't lead on the the Friday initially, but after that, once he took the, the lead of the rally and he was seven tenths up overnight, after that, he just kind of drove away with it. And yeah, just a really impressive performance, I thought, from, from Thierry. And uh, a couple of elements to the result in Spain, which has really um, kind of made things a little bit more difficult for Sebastian Auger and Toyota than they probably needed to be. But that's going to make the, the last round interesting for everybody else. Um, I, I, I had a little bit of a chat, Ray, on, on, on Twitter. I think it was on the Saturday uh, with, with, with a man who's been of this parish and obviously also previously wrote for, for Motorsport News and now writes for Dirt Fishing. Uh, the, the, the lovely Luke Barry, who, was, who, who, who tweeted um, that um, perhaps Thierry doesn't get as much credit as, as, as Elvin Evans um, or as Sebastian Auger you know, for some of his performances. Um, which, which, you know, I, I kind of point out, great driver, you know, ever the bridesmaid. Um, but, you know, with regards to, 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 to not getting a car working and stuff like that, my retort was, uh, there's no other driver in the WRC that has actually been with their, their team longer than Thierry Nouvelle now. So, uh, yeah, very true. If yep. you can't yep. get something working with somebody you've been with for a long, long, long time, <laughs> then... You're gonna. You're always gonna be up against it, surely. Yeah, but obviously on tarmac it does work, doesn't it? And it's like you said, um, it works for Thierry. Doesn't get, it doesn't doesn't really work for all he does it. No, uh, no. But then you know, is that something? Is it something developed around Thierry? We still don't really know exactly what uh, Oik's issues are with the car on tarmac. But but there's clearly something. But anyway, it works for. Thierry Neville, that's for sure, and uh, it was it was very similar to what we saw from from him in Ypres. He, he was on blinding form, and, and it's not the first time we've seen this. We've seen it from Thierry Neville, uh, you know, numerous times. But it, but it's like you just said, does he not get enough credit? I don't know. It's just the consistency, isn't it? We we just we're never quite sure which Thierry Neville is going to turn up. Is it going to be the one that? Yeah, is blisteringly fast and is the man to be, or is it going to be somebody who's hovering around the the top four, top five, and and having issues? And and this was definitely the former. Um, like you said, he he was faultless. Uh, Elvin was matching him at, uh, to begin with, but just couldn't quite get on top of the the setup of the car. Obviously, both uh, Elvin and uh, Sebastian Auger had their own setup issues, but yeah, Thierry was was just faultless. Great performance, uh, won convincingly, uh, other than this electrical gremlin, which um, I don't know if you saw his stop line interview after the last well, stage. Well, you know what I've got? The power I, stage, I actually, I actually really made a wasn't note happy about it, wasn't yeah. it? He really I actually made a note happy. about, I mean, you know, about yeah, that. Normally, Somebody like, yeah, okay, you have a problem like that, but by that time, you'd be relieved, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, thankfully we won the rally, but he wasn't. He was very mad. Well, it's funny you should say that, and, and I, I'll let you carry on. I did try to interrupt a couple of times, so apologies. But I, I, I actually, I was watching the highlight package after watching, obviously, the daily stuff. About what I thought, I'll watch the highlight package last night. And th- I wrote down one thing on my phone. Odd interview talking about the stress of the car not starting rather than relief. That's the one thing I wrote down. Yeah, like I said, as a as a driver, you know, if you have issues, you'd almost have the, ner- that you I, think you're going to. You'd almost have nervous giggles, wouldn't you? You'd almost be laughing, going, yeah. "That was so if close." Yeah, yeah, 
You would. Um, and I mean, and he probably couldn't even see the half of it. God, if, you'd, if you'd actually seen the video of the flames coming out of the back of it by then, they were very, very lucky that car didn't go up in flames. But uh, yeah, I mean, he he's obviously really annoyed that they've got these ongoing faults that, that haven't been haven't been cured because that was a message to the team wasn't it you know that like you said if it was just about him he he would have been pleased that the issues hadn't stopped him winning the rally and just thankful that he won the rally in convincing fashion as he should but there was a message in that somewhere yeah no i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more what 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 was your take on that jack you know obviously ryan and i were pretty much on the same it it was a very kind of odd um, finish in the sense of you know as I say I'd almost I'd almost be not that I'd ever be in that position but it's almost you know could imagine almost giggling going that that was such a close one but as Rice just said it was very much it was very much a statement being made almost yeah I agree I don't think I can add much of an alternative view other than maybe um, to, to kind of add to what you've both said that that it was also a culmination of the frustrations that maybe Thierry feels, um, you know, after after his recent results, really, and just kind of um, being a, a little bit kind of upset with with where the year's gone and and how everything's come together for him. And it's a you know it's another year that slipped away where you know at least in my opinion he's a driver who's capable of winning a world championship and hasn't managed to do it. So uh, I think maybe it's uh, also a, cul- a culmination of the frustration that he's not in the title fight and that. Um, you know, things seem to still seem to be kind of working against him in in many ways. Um, just before we we move away from from Hyundai, because there's lots of other things I want to talk about. We 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 briefly mentioned Jack, obviously, uh, Oitanak, and I feel like we we've kind of said this quite a few times now. Um, you just get the feeling he just wants the new car because clearly this car, and as Rise just said a little bit earlier on, it's just he just hasn't got on with it. It seems like. No, definitely, and this this rally was a perfect example of again Thierry being able to to extract the maximum out of the car and Anoit struggling a, a, a lot more, and you know that's a, a bit of a developing theme, isn't it? It's one we spoke about when we when we heard that Oit had had moved to moved to Hyundai in the first place, and and what I was definitely interested to see how Oit would go up against Thierry as someone who. You know, I think it's no secret that I rate Thierry Neuville extremely highly and that, that I was kind of interested to see how it would go up against him. And I think it's fair to say that, that Thierry has kind of won that battle. If if, if anything, it's been close. But I, I think he's come out on top, really, from, from that partnership. So I think, yeah, I think Oit's, um, you know, he kind of knew from the start of the season, really, that the, the, the first few rallies that it probably wasn't going to go his way and that it's going to be a difficult year. And that's that's shown up again. But Spain was the perfect example of a place where maybe you'd expect... Um, you know, Oit to be a little bit closer to Thierry and Thierry just, um, you know, no, no one was on Thierry's level, never mind um, anyone in his own team, that's for sure. Um, right, it was, uh, you know, there was, I suppose, the, the, the good news story um, that, that I suppose Hyundai got, and it's also, there's another story that's broke today with regards to, to Neil Solens, who, who, who kind of stepped into that um, world car um, following off the injury of uh, Lube's incident, uh, where he's obviously, he's now injured. He's, um, Solis has now also got, um, the MRF drive on, on Hungary, which obviously every high end eye driver other than Noit and, and Thierry seems to have also jumped in that car at some point. That has to be classed as a success story and obviously now part of the family, so to speak. That's the way they seem to work, isn't it? 
Yeah, it was great performance by him, wasn't it? You know, to come in at last minute with minimal preparation, um, make no mistakes, get the car to the end. It was a, a job well done. I mean, at, at one point it looked like he was, I know Oliver Solberg was just, he, he was seemingly under strict instructions just to get through the rally, but it looked like Neil was even going to challenge uh, Oliver, you know, early on, on on stage time. So, I mean, they ended up quite close in, in the end. 12 so, seconds in the end, so... yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a good performance by him. You know, we we often see, I mean, God, uh, we've seen it with Pierre Louis Lube, haven't we? With that car, like he often seems to be one of the first to retire and then restart. And uh, it's just vital to get experience when you get the opportunity in one of these cars, and and he did that. Um, which talking about restarting, I, I don't know if anybody picked up on this, and I and I didn't see if there was a reason given, but Oitanax off was was just a little bit of a strange one. I only saw it from the 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 cam, the like the uh, board. the fan footage. No, well, and then the fan footage. There was some fan footage from from just down the road. Um, but uh, the car didn't actually look that badly damaged. Uh, did, was the roll cage damage or anything announced? I didn't hear of anything. I was surprised not to see him restart. I only seen images of it in the service park, and it looked like it had um, rear rear damage rear side. But you know, certainly Tacker's car looked far worse. Let's put it that way. That restarted. Yeah, I just, I just wondered if it, like, just reflecting on what you just said, if it had come from white, that don't bother. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying yeah. here. I'll go, in, I'll go into the pool or the bar <laughs> or something in some sort of communicating-esque so, manner. So, um, Jack, I just wanted to, obviously, you were, you, you, you went with us last week, Oliver Solberg stepping into the WRC car, which is obviously clearly, you know, going to be his future, certainly Rally One car, as it will be. For, from next year and another um, obviously uh, Craig Drew again alongside him hopefully Craig can be joining us later in the podcast but um, we talked at length again last week we were talking about different permutations of, of glass ceilings now obviously we know the support that Oliver's had and, and you know I suppose we're going to contradict ourselves a little bit here because um, whether this the, the 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 deal that Neil Solis had was was obviously that was due to the the, the, the local um the local importer and everything else. So whether he's back in that car again, who knows? But we we talked at length about the glass ceiling again. Um, I don't know whether you heard this, but we 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 floated this idea, and nobody and. Uh, by, by all means, if you're listening and you think we're talking absolute nonsense, you you please feel free to to to, to drop us a message. Studio absolute rally dot uk or by all means use you, you, use Twitter. I've got no problem with that. But I don't know whether you heard last week at all, Jack. Just before I start re- recovering this, did you hear what we talked about last week? No, no. Go on, please okay. recap it. So we, we 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 kind of come together in the sense of a fourth car that would only do um, maybe the Saturday and Sunday stages. For a nominated junior driver, yeah, nice idea. I, I like that. I definitely, um, wouldn't, uh, definitely wouldn't be against that. Yeah, just think whether you know, almost the championship within a championship. Now, the semantics that Ray got into is what would it be called? Which I think is the least of our problems. Being honest, <laughs> no, no, I think that's the first problem. I, I, I'm very, I'm very pro uh, sorting a name out before you start doing. Stupid. Let's call it Dave. Let's call it Dave <laughs> Championship. There you go. That's easy. Um, I'm but, for that. But the, the, I suppose the idea is we're back in this realm. Obviously, we, uh, since since we spoke last week, you know, Andreas Mikkelsen was 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 was, was pretty much um, 
unsure whether he was going to win WRC2 and of course ERC WRC2 now is, is is pretty much nailed on obviously he's got one more round of, of ERC I think to go before that's before he can clinch that title but you know where's the likes of Andreas going to go um, uh, first and foremost but I must admit I had a sneaky feeling I had no insider information on this I had a sneaky feeling he might have turned up at M Sport and then you've seen the footage of Seb testing and I kind of went <laughs> that's not going to happen well, we'll see, won't we? Um, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, sort of twist to the to the silly season, I guess. Um, yeah, I think obviously I'm a big fan of Sebastian Loeb testing the car, and I think you know um, I read on Dirtfish about Craig Bree and saying that he'd be you know he'd be happy to see some experience coming into the team because it looks like potentially there might be um, some uh, some inexperienced teammates coming in alongside him so he would definitely be pro um seeing some uh some some experience hand and i think this is what i talked about um maybe it was a, a month or two ago on the podcast about the the benefits that sebastian Lowe brings and it wouldn't necessarily be on the on the driving side as funny as that is to say um the the, the amount of experience he brings in in developing cars he's obviously been very good at that in the past and, and proven that through his through the results he's been able to achieve with those cars so for me he's the the ideal person to to bring on and you know i think we, we've spoken about junior drivers in wrc a lot haven't we and and how best to to get them in and there's there's definitely no simple answer um it's difficult to tell even from the junior categories difficult difficult to tell who's going to be um you know the people you should be taking on. Um, it's it's difficult to evaluate whether people like Andreas Mikkelsen have had their chance, and it, you know if they were considered elite drivers and they would have a full time drive by now. That's um, you know that's a, an interesting kind of avenue to explore with some of those kind of uh, I don't know how you would term their age. Uh, I don't want to call them middle aged because that makes them sound like middle aged in terms Jesus. of just I, I, human. If, if they're middle aged, I don't know what that but says I, about I mean, you. Middle-aged. You mean Ryan Champion? <laughs> Middle-aged for a WRC driver is kind of what I mean, but it's uh, it's a great example. Spain was a great example because if you look at you know ninth place in the overall order, that's Eric Camilleri, and um, we know what he can do over set stages and on certain rallies and and the performance he's ever able to deliver, especially on tarmac. But he's been given you know multiple chances and, and not quite been able to deliver that on a. A consistent basis so rallying is so difficult to try and get an idea of who is consistently the best and who should be getting these seats and sometimes you just have to throw someone in and give them a try and that's exactly what happened with with Neil Solans and what a great job he did to be you know eight seconds off Oliver Solberg at the end of, and obviously the, the event was a lot more complicated than just comparing those two and other times but still if you'd have said to him at the start of the day you'll be or the start of the weekend you'll be eighth and and in that sort of uh, in, in that sort of window behind the prodigious Oliver Solberg then I'm sure he would have taken it and so would Hyundai so yeah great great result all around there I, I want to move over to Toyota right <clears throat> and something you said before obviously about Thierry's performance and you know obviously we know Elvin was was blistering out the block so to speak uh and then obviously got rain back in um slowly but surely as it were from Thierry over the course of the weekend but we know Elvin's also also a, th- a great thinker as well as well as being a very talented driver and I just wonder whether in the greater scheme of things, was this a performance that perhaps deserves a, a tad more credit where he knew he wasn't going to be able to perhaps fight with Thierry and Thierry's out to prove a point. That's his, you know, we always think of Thierry, I suppose, as, as, as a very quick tarmac driver. Um, is it one of those where he's just let, you know, uh, he's not going to beat him, um, in a straight fight because that would, 
pretty much guarantee the end of his championship season? Does he just let Thierry go and, you know, maybe Thierry has a problem and then he, he, he picks up some more points and, you know, worst case scenario, I'm second. Uh, no, I don't think so. He just he just couldn't quite get the car where he wanted it. And it's like you said, early on, his pace looked great, but then Thierry was just edging away and, and Elvin just couldn't quite seem to get on top of it. And, and particularly at the end, he seemed a little bit frustrated that uh, he'd finished second. And, uh, you know, and any other time, I'm sure he would have gladly taken second place on Rally Catalonia. But, it, no, he did seem a little bit frustrated that he couldn't get the car to work for him because I think he thought there was a good chance of a win. Um, and, yeah, again, we've seen Toyota struggling on a rally for setup because, uh, likewise, his teammate, you know, Sebastian Auger just couldn't get on top of the car all weekend. Um, it was, um, I mean, a subpar performance from him. But, as, as always, that, that means bringing, bringing the car home and and getting a, a solid fourth it could have even been third and that's a bad weekend for sebastian Auger. that's what we've uh, you know that's what we've come used to but yeah they couldn't they couldn't quite get on top of the car i mean sebastian Auger particularly i think was maybe even lucky that he didn't suffer a greater penalty from the rally again he had a an incident off the stages i think he was he was undertaking in in traffic but there'd been a policeman there who'd gesticulated to stop him he hadn't stopped again and he carried on and i, I think um you know the he got fined for it by the FIA, got fined by the police, but uh, bear in mind he's still on a suspended ban. I think he he was very lucky not to get away with something a little bit more serious there. Yeah, I, I must admit that I didn't quite pick up on that story as as as, as it was kind of happening. It was only kind of afterwards um, that I picked, the, picked that story up. And I suppose I, I hadn't even realised that he was still sus- on a suspended one. Just by a few days, I think, from Croatia, from the... Uh, incident with the uh was it a bmw driver in croatia yeah wow i wonder if that's one of those things i hope not i'm not even going to voice it to be honest with you what i was about to say because I, I, I don't know myself for saying that out loud but mm, okay um uh, before we before we move move away completely, I want to talk about obviously I want to talk about JWRC in a, in a little while as well before we wrap up. Um, I just thought it was worth um, just mentioning um, again not for me I have to I have to mention Cali Robin Perra and the reason why one I don't know if he, did either of you see the moments he had by the way. It was more. It was well. It was a cut. Was, was it? A yes. Moment? Yeah. Yeah. Where he cut across the field. Yes. Yeah. I, I did. Now I think that was a moment, Jack. <sighs> not convinced, Tony. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm. Yes, I'm just you are not clearly. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just. I'm just. You think you styled it out as a moment? Do you? I'm hypothesising. <laughs> I mean, I have to. I have to. Uh, say I remember a chicane on the Manx once where I styled it out as a big lockup when I went straight through the chicane and took the tape out. But I mean, it. It wasn't. I'm not. I'm not going to admit. I'm not going to say it was intentional, but let's say it wasn't completely by accident. I think. I think I might concede that you're right, Tony. Just based on the gesticulating and the amount of kind of shouting that happened after that moment in the car, but I think it looked a bit suspect to me uh, watching it, especially watching it from the outside. I was thinking, oh, all right, that's a bit. <laughs> that's a bit clever. That's a bit clever. Well played. Well played. But no, I think. I think you're right. I think that was a a moment. Um, yeah, well, I think well, there's, now, there's now this four wheels rule, isn't there? So uh, something like that could easily be penalised. So so you've got to you've got to you've got to make, it you make like sure you make it look yeah, like exactly. a mistake as opposed to a genuine effort, because at least then you've got an argument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
that Look at the data. I was off the throttle. Yeah. Therefore, you know, I, I was touching the brakes. It was yeah. completely by accident. Yeah. I thought, aside from aside from that, by the way, um, you know, I thought I thought he had a very very sensible drive. In all honesty, um, because he, he was never going to trouble, and he was probably never going to be allowed to trouble Sebastian Ogier. Uh, he had a big big gap, obviously, behind him in in, in Gus Greensmith. And again, you talk about see time, and we forget sometimes that he is so young, right? And to me, he just drove to get miles. Yeah, it was good solid drive, like you said. But but again, he was complaining about understeer. So so all the works Toyota drivers were unhappy with setup, which you know, Tacker especially. We'll come to Tacker in a second yeah, to about understeer. Uh, but but yeah, that was that was that was terminal understeer. But you would think Rally Spain was relatively simplistic in in terms of setup. It's one of the smoothest rallies on the calendar. Um, you know, it's got a lot of nice wide open roads. It's relatively smooth. So yeah, you wouldn't think it would be a, a an event that would really challenge the setups of the car. Yet for whatever reason, uh, all the Toyota drivers were struggling, which I find quite surprising given the you know the strength and depth of the team and and the knowledge of that rally. I mean, let's face it, some of those stages have been used for for years and years. So it's strange that the car didn't work there. And I, I think. Uh, I think you're right in that Cali Robin Perry did a solid job, but uh, again, I just don't think he had the confidence maybe to push too much harder with it. But I, uh, but I guess where I'm going with this is that it's recognising when perhaps not having the confidence, doing your job that you're employed to do clearly was to score manufacturer points because you know that that championship still still up for grabs, of course, as well. That's you know it's it's, it's all going to wire on, on, on Monza, and you know you, we always assume, rightly or wrongly, Jack, that young drivers are going to throw it off the road and they'll get frustrated. Da 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 da. But you know, ground it out, got the got the stage miles in, finished finished another tarmac rally at the highest level in in a not too embarrassing position, should we say? Uh, you know, just behind his his, his multiple world champion teammate. Yeah, definitely agree. I think. Even taking a more kind of zoomed out look at it, obviously, uh, Rally Finland was a, a major disappointment for, for Cali coming off the Acropolis and a podium at Ypres and, and the win at Estonia. It was, a, it was a great run and there was a lot of expectation on him on his, on his home rally to, to succeed and even, you know, drew some, some question marks over, you know, um, yeah, how quickly he was going to recover from that and you know if he was uh, you know if it was a, a really critical mistake for him but no bounce back in the in the right way and I think it kind of reflects on the conversation we had a, a little while ago um, maybe two podcasts ago about whether the likes of Oliver Solberg and Cali Rovenpere have been promoted too quickly it's just a case of they are going to make mistakes because they're not as experienced as as people who've come into the sport previously and uh, rallies like this just uh, reinforce in my opinion the 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 fact that, that, that he's right to be here he's he's put in a, a really strong and consistent performance after a really difficult one where he was criticized heavily so yeah brilliant result for me i think that was exactly what he needed and um he had nothing to gain by pushing a lot harder and potentially tripping OJ up or or getting involved in the in the kind of Evans OJ sort of battle. There was there was nothing to win there and it was a it was a safe and consistent performance. Jack, is this a rally where and we're gonna we're gonna hop over now to M Sport. Is this a rally where perhaps looking at Gus's stakes times he deserves a little bit of credit from this as well? Yes. Yes, yes. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good run there as well. And um, yeah I'm sure I'm sure we'll 
you know go into M Sport a little bit more closely. But yeah, for sure, I was uh, I was really pleased with with his run, and obviously it's been a bit of a difficult season with co-drivers and things for for Gus, and just finding that level of consistency. I think you know we see that with with, uh, with Oliver Solberg as well, and you know it's uh, it's never easy to have your your co-drivers swapped out in the season. Thierry Neuville, another example. So you know I think Gus has um, you know kind of. Um, steadied the ship there so to speak and uh, yeah so obviously we're going to hear news about who his new co-driver is going to be uh, very shortly so I think I think there'll be some biscuits be. involved that's all I'm saying I think there'll be some biscuits <laughs> in the car yeah yeah uh, I think so too yeah I'm, I'm led to believe Ryan Champion that there will be some biscuits in the car with his new co-driver why is it a lightweight co-driver and they need more ballast um, I just think they've got a bit of an in with biscuits <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not biting no Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, so a driver who doesn't care about his physical appearance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Obviously. Obviously. Um, right. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I, hope, I hope he's loud enough that Gus can hear him in the car. Absolutely. <laughs> and whether he's got one, whether he's got any of those branded uh, tunics that they have to wear, you know, when they do stage end now to to, to cover the the, the 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 mouth and the nose. Yeah, I think you know what I mean, don't you? Anyway, Actually, that's that's the one bit of the last two minutes that I don't understand now. Okay, fine. Um, mm. Moving on, um, uh, we uh, again. I just wanted to just quickly um, acknowledge the fact, obviously, WRC two fantastic, um, fantastic performance again from the R five car. I must admit, uh, right, something that you said about Finland. I I, I was watching. Um, I was watching this rally closely after what you'd said about, and, and you know, it's it's obvious, but just how different the performance is um, between the WRC cars of today or Rally 1 cars and the Rally 2 cars. And on tarmac, there was a section that I watched with, actually with Thierry. Um, I think I, we, 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 we put it out on our Twitter feed as well. But um, just, just mind-blowing. Just... Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's huge. You know, the, the performance difference between the two categories now is is huge. And yes, there's there's a lot more power in the WRC car, but the the aero effect, the downforce the WRC cars have got in the in the high speed direction changes is is incredible. Uh, and even when they're cutting, you know, it allows them to cut. And and really, when they come out the cut, when uh, it would maybe normally throw the car off balance, you know, they, they can just carry the speed with the aero. So um, it, it really is impressive. But uh, funnily enough, we uh, really Jack just touched on it, but we've seen um, quite an experienced old chap doing a bit of testing in the last couple of days in a in a twenty. Uh, 20- 22 car uh, and I was quite impressed with that actually in terms of its aero efficiency and uh, the, the corner speed it was carrying I mean we're led to believe that next year's cars will be slower through the corners but I have to say it didn't really look it well, you said Matt. You, you spoke to Matt Wilson about it, and he was saying in certain sections they were going to be quicker. So yeah, but uh, you know that was, I guess, what we were talking about there was, um, you know, because of the performance of the car in terms of the uh, the straight line speed. But you know, it doesn't look like they're really suffering significantly from uh, reduced aero. But you know, I guess we'll we'll see how that plays out. Okay, um, a couple of things I wanted to um, talk about with regards to. Um, JWRC. Um, I have reached out to John. Fortunately, or unfortunately, whatever way you look, obviously, um, uh, hit a culvert on the inside, put him out, uh, put him out of of the rally, out of contention. He's actually over in Hungary now, ready to do an ERC round for Emsport Poland. Um, but um, 
I just, 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 I just fell for him and Phil. Um, Jack, I really did, and I, I, I was watching it, and again, really quick out the blocks, you know, he, he hadn't been testing, we know that, and the others had been and stuff, so he, he felt he had to perhaps make his mark, and it, it just, just my heart sank when I seen it, I must admit. Yeah, we all know John, and uh, obviously a um, lovely lad, and all enjoy speaking to him and, and respect the the kind of toiling he's done over his career to, to get himself in a, a position to, to compete at the highest level. So yeah, it's never nice to see uh, that kind of thing happen. Obviously, uh, Sami Pajari won the championship in the end, so or Pahari is it? Um, I, I'm not certain on the pronunciation there, but uh, I think he's the is he the youngest uh, JWRC winner ever? I think. I think uh, so. He looks it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's the I think he's the youngest champion ever. So congratulations to him for because we all know obviously the, these championships are won over the course of a season, not on one rally. But I think um, you know everyone in, in in the UK and Ireland will have been hoping that that John brought that home and um, maybe feel like his pace deserved it. So yeah, never nice to see that, and we hope that John bounces back as uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so um, just. Just moving on, obviously, we, we mentioned before um, Andreas secured WRC2 title. I think WRC3, I still think, is, 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 is there to, to play for as well. I don't think that's been, I don't think that's been finalised yet. Um, so, yeah, still lots of different bits and pieces to tie up on Monza. Um, as, as ever, we, we, we never normally do results. It's not how we normally do things. So that's, I'm not going to run through results. I, I guess we just want to briefly want to talk, um, about, uh, Chris Paston, um, right. Um, called out of retirement. This was his final event. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah, I think I haven't spoke to Gus for a while, to be honest with you. I need to catch up with Gus. Um, but you can clearly see there's been, you know, uh, Chris, Chris has, Chris has never took any messing around. I think even in his younger years, but it's it's it. He's definitely brought some order, and that's no disrespect to any of his predecessors. But there's definitely been some changes made for the better, and I think he's 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 going to be massively missed. Oh, absolutely, uh, we've we've touched on this before, but the the experience and knowledge uh, a good core driver, an experienced core driver, can bring to a young driver is immense um and it's not just about delivery of pace notes it's it's not just about what happens on the stages it's, it's what happens off the stages about keeping the driver calm keeping the driver in the right mindset taking some pressure away from the driver even in dealing with the the team in dealing with decisions in dealing with tires um there's an awful lot a core driver does behind the scenes that that just allows the driver to focus on the job of, of driving the car and when you've got somebody like chris Patterson, who's who's just you know been around, seen it all, done it all, um, you know, been competing for for whatever thirty plus years, been at world championship level for uh, you know probably twenty five years, I would guess, without looking. And he, uh, you know, he, he like I said, he's just seen it only and he's done it all, so he can just deal with those uh, those situations. And for a driver like Gus, he, he's only ever going to learn from somebody like Chris and it was nice that uh, again at the the stop line interview at the end of the last stage you know 
Gus said that uh, it had been an honour to have Chris sat alongside him and, and, and actually for Chris he was not the most emotional person but he, he seemed quite emotional to uh, be finishing his uh, his last World Championship rally there so yeah definitely be missed I think he's probably still going to be part of Gus's setup uh, going forwards um, but you know I think once once a driver develops to a to a certain level then as long as it's a, a a highly competent core driver then uh, then then that's fine but certainly for a driver where they're still developing uh, somebody experienced like Chris um, is immeasurably invaluable very much so very much so Jack before we go to any other business anything you anything you want to add about Chris nothing further than what Brian uh, Brian Brian, Brian, Brian. I don't know where Brian came from. Nothing, nothing further to add than what Brian said there. I think uh, we we've all had exchanges with Chris and and kind of felt his his gravitas in rallying and and seeing his performances and the results. I think well over a hundred stage wins and you know podiums and uh, you know a, a really successful career across um, Britain, Ireland, and and the WRC and, and Europe. So Middle East, yeah. Middle East as well. Tons of stuff out in the Middle East back in the days where a lot of Irish co-drivers seem to end up yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. So, good times, good times. Um, any other business um, for this week? I've got mine, and, and it is it is related um, to 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 Spain. Does anybody want to go first? No. Shall I take Shall I take the mantle? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'm trying to find it. I must admit, I missed this one, Ryan Champion. If I said BRC Proton Satria, what would be your first name? BRC Proton Satria. Oh, Matt Anderson. Matt Anderson was out in an R2 car. He was fifth in RC4. Because I saw the picture of him. Yeah. 36th overall. Yeah. Um, I I generally forgot about Matt. Bless him. Always had Molly alongside him back in the day. Um, But done a lot of rallies even since. I didn't realise just how much rallying he continued doing. I must admit, I, I just... Kind of thought he'd, he'd, he'd kind of called it a day, but he's he's been he's kept rallying pretty much year on year on year. Um, obviously back home pr- predominantly, but uh, out in a little R2 car. Um, so you know maybe maybe that's where your future lies, Ryan Champion. Maybe maybe a little R2 car. Who knows? But uh, you're right. Uh, the only reason I, I I knew what you were talking about was I saw a picture I think posted on social media somewhere. I think. Um, uh, Michael Gibson, who was alongside Neil Simpson, posted a, a picture somewhere. So that was the only reason I knew that one was uh, that one was on the radar because I'd missed that he was he was doing the rally as well. Yeah, um, not an obvious one, I must admit. Uh, my any other business also linked. I mean, just just uh, just to round up something else as well. We touched on M Sport, but Adrian Formo was another great performance by him. Again, some fantastic stage times, and I have to say, where he broke the steering arm or whatever. I mean, he was he was so unlucky. He just glanced at the arm corner on the inside and and broke the steering. So uh, another good drive by him. So I'm sure we're going to see more of him in the in the future. Um, and also, the I was hearing. Uh, uh, some conversations over the weekend from people on the event about next year's cars, the hybrid cars. So I think everybody listening to this uh, will probably be aware by now that, uh, that Jack Benyon's favourite driver in the world ever, uh, Sebastian Loeb, has been testing the uh, the M Sport Puma. But um, there is some concern on the electrical system, on the hybrid system of these cars, if the cars are involved in an accident and particularly roll over because they then aren't earthed correctly. Uh, 
and and that is going to cause issues for how you approach the car and whether you can touch it if it's inverted. So we're not far away from Monte Carlo now, and it seems there's, there's still discussions going on about when the car's live, when it's uh, when it's neutralised, when it's safe to touch from the outside, etc. So. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot to consider with these cars. It's not just about the uh, the performance of them, the hybrid element, the uh, the running in electric, but it's also about the safety. And it seems that there's still some discussions ongoing around that. Mm, okay, okay, something to keep an eye on, something to discuss a little bit further. Um, Jack, banging your any other business for this week? Well, first of all, Sebastian Loeb isn't my favourite driver ever, ever, ever in the world ever because Brian Champion is my favourite <laughs> driver ever in the world. <laughs> Also, uh, I think we've covered off most of my uh, any other business points this week, but um, I guess we should address the the championship situation because I don't think we've done that across the podcast. So I think Sebastian OJ will definitely win the championship if he finishes third and he'll definitely win the championship if he finishes fourth with a point on the power stage. So that'll be enough to sort things out in Monza and there's 47 points in the manufacturer's championship between Toyota and Hyundai. So that's still fairly open. So I'm looking forward to Monza now. I'm sure we'll talk about that in the next podcast um, with the, the stages kind of being split 50-50 between the circuit and the stages up in the mountains, which is probably not the split that the teams and drivers wanted but still uh, should provide uh, an interesting title uh, finale let's do more of that next week let's do more of that next week boys thank you for that um, we're going to go to a little break and we're going to come back and, and talk balls so to speak we've got Craig Drew uh, joining us right or left <laughs> right down the middle right down the middle we've got Craig Drew joining us uh, and then uh, to finish off we've got Ian Campbell discussing the new British Rally Championship calendar for 2022 This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. As I mentioned um, at the top, thanks to the boys. I'm not, you know what? I don't even know why I say thanks to the boys because normally they give me a hard time. So no, just they just turned up as ever they, as they normally do. But thanks, Jack and Ryan, anyway. Um, as mentioned, um, we've got Craig Drew joining us. Craig, it's been ages. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's been, uh, when I was thinking back on it yesterday, I was thinking it's got to be a good, probably, what, six or seven years since I was last on? It can't be that long. Please I'm don't sure say that. I'm sure it is. I know. Yeah, we're all getting older for sure. Please don't say that because that's a, that's that's absolutely shocking if it is. And I I hereby apologise uh, profusely. Well, I've been sat been sat by the phone ever since waiting, and the calls <laughs> never come. So uh, so it just seems to be as soon as you're on the world stage, everybody wants to be a friend again. You know. Do you know what? And I I was really really conscious of that. By the way, I'm glad you said that because well, it's it will because. When you went back over to the States, obviously you had last year off, which we'll talk about in a second. Then you went back over, um, well, obviously with David and jumped in one of McKenna's cars. Now, I, I, I work with, with, with Dommy and stuff really well, to be honest with you. I do bits and pieces with Dommy Buckley, obviously he runs the program. And when obviously the result came in, I was messaging Dommy on, during the event. And then when it all kind of died down, I thought, should we get Craig or should we get David? And I've been speaking to David about something else um, completely unrelated to, to, to the rally over there. So while I was speaking to him, he said, do you fancy doing 10 minutes on the pod? And that's what happened. So hand on heart, 
I did plan to speak to you because we spoke to David quite a few times in fairness. Uh, and I was going to speak to you. The only fact I was speaking to David about something else, it was called being lazy. So I apologize <laughs> for being lazy, Craig Drew. <clears throat> that's okay. I got a, I got a thick skin. It's no problem. Well, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. One thing I wanted to, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, obviously, um, going back to the States with David, um, just, uh, how exciting was that for you to, to kind of go back and not only go back and, and see a lot of familiar faces, but also go back and win? Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, we've, we had nine superb years out there with Subaru, um, Vermont sports car. Um, and obviously that came to a, to a natural end, as you would imagine, especially after nine years, not many people get nine years out of, uh, out of one team, but it was, it was really nice to go back and see a lot of familiar faces, but also with a completely new challenge of a, of a new car, um, running in somewhat of a privateer team instead of a factory team. Um, I know a lot of people put the angle on it of, oh, we're going back to beat Subaru. It's us against Subaru, which Sporting-wise, to a degree, it was because we were there to help Barry uh, with his championship challenge. But it wasn't really so much. Uh, it wasn't a revenge mission or anything like that for us, which is kind of what it was built by some people. It was just nice to go back out there, uh, prove that we still got the pace despite not competing for. Uh, it was almost two years um, without competing, and uh, yeah, it was, it was it was lovely to catch up with everybody. And um, if you can go out there and do that and still prove that you've got the pace and win the rally, then all the better. So um, all in all, it was, a, it was a really good weekend there for us. Do you know, uh, this has just struck me as, uh, as we were speaking. Obviously, w- w- before we started recording this, we were talking about, you know, nearly 10 years ago of our time as teammates and stuff like that. But where feels like home to you rallying wise? To be completely honest, it is America more so at the moment, just because of um, with contract stipulations, etc. Pretty much the whole time I was in America, bar probably the first couple of years, I was mainly contracted just to America, meaning I couldn't do any events elsewhere. So uh, they occasionally let me do a rally, say over Epping, with a driver that I used to uh, uh, co-drive for, Damien Cole. Uh, but generally, it was it was a solely American contract. So obviously doing it for so long out there, it just becomes kind of uh, what you get used to. Uh, a lot of people kind of misconstrued and thought that we lived in America the whole time we were competing, but that was never the case. We always traveled backwards and forwards, but you kind of, you just get so used to it. And a lot of the championship events were the same year after year. So um, I will admit it's been quite nice to do some different rallying um, in the past couple of months. But uh, yeah, I think if, if I still regard the home stages at the moment in my head, I think it is still in America. I'm not sure, you know, I probably didn't realise, just because of the way we've been talking, even again before we started recording about the sands of time and how quickly they passed, of just how many years you did out there with David. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, you know, we, we were chatting just before this, and uh, my daughter's only a couple of weeks away from being 10 years old. Well, when we first started uh, in America, she wasn't even conceived, you know, so it just goes to show how long how long ago it is since we've been uh, since we've been competing out there. But, um, you know, like I said, we're both very grateful that we managed to get nine years as um, a factory crew for, for a, you know, for a, for a big team. Um, not many people get the chance to do that. So uh, many, many good memories from those days anyway. Um, obviously, one thing that has happened over the last, you know, post-COVID and everything else, obviously, as you mentioned, that deal came to an end. You went back with David, but, You've now also sat with some some different drivers again, which which again, when you've sat with 
with somebody for so long, you kind of know the quirks and you know, you know, the, 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 the moments where you be quiet and the moments where the chatty and stuff like that. What was that like going, you know, you know, obviously I know you, you, you come back into some national events, for instance, here in the UK, obviously with somebody you used to sit with many, many years ago when, in, in Nick Ellsmore. What was it like kind of jumping back in with somebody like Nick before we even get to the big stage? Yeah, it was strange because, you know, especially with all, you compete with somebody. So, you know, the Friday, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the rally is, is what people see on the resorts or on TV or on, on, on YouTube or anything like that. But it's all, especially going to America, it's all the other time, the amount of time you spend with each other, the traveling together, uh, you're together, the hotels, the wreck is. So, I mean, me and David very often used to joke that we pretty much spent more time with each other than we did with our own wives and girlfriends. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, we got to such a a point in our friendship and our working relationship that we could just read each other without even having to say anything, you know? So I knew after certain stages when just to be quiet on the road sections, I knew when to maybe give him a little bit of a pep talk or a motivational, you know, speech, uh, if times are a bit tough on a rally and the same the other way around, you know? So we did work together uh, very well. Um, and then when you go back with somebody else, it's always a little bit different. But I know Nick Owlsmore very well. We've been friends for the best part of 20 years. So um, we used to compete together back in 2008, 2009. So it was almost quite nice to go back to that as well for some familiarity. And obviously, the last couple of weeks, working with Oliver is somebody completely different, completely new. So you kind of go back to, back to uh, zero and then start to learn each other from there. I understand. You, you led me very nicely into that obviously you were teammates um with, with oliver uh in your last year of course with vermont and, and subaru usa i'm assuming that's how this all came about yeah so when um, obviously we were kind of fierce rivals really back in 2019 i would say when oliver came over to america um he was a lot quicker than we certainly we were expecting uh, I know he's got the pedigree and whatnot, but it doesn't really matter who your father is or your mother is. You've still got to go out on those stages and, and produce the speed and produce the results yourself. And I think he took us a little bit by surprise at just how quick he was. And I think he raised the bar in terms of the, the speed and the pace in America, which I'm pleased to say I think David did very well to respond to and uh, to match and, and, and sometimes kind of beat uh, but despite all the rivalry and, and, and racing against each other, Oliver and I particularly always got on very well, um, always had plenty to talk about and just seemed to gel as kind of uh, teammates. Um, so I think it was when he was when he was kind of looking for somebody for Finland. Um, the story is that, you know, they, I, I was one of the, the top ones on, on the list. So it was just a quiet Monday at home for me. And then suddenly I got a phone call and then the next three weeks are kind of like a whirlwind, really. Um, uh, I, I think I can ask you this question. Were you surprised to get the call to go to WRC at that point? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to. I'm happy to admit I'm. I'm very experienced as a rally co-driver, but I'm very inexperienced at world championship level. You know, make no mistake about it. I've done a couple of uh, a couple of WRC events, but they've only ever been Wales Rally GB. Um, Certainly not in anything like a very high-end R5 car or even a World Rally car. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was quite, I was quite surprised. It, I'm, I've always been quite humble, but always confident in my own ability. So I was, you know, I certainly wasn't intimidated by the prospect of going out and doing uh, Rally Finland. Uh, certainly a bucket list event for me, anyway. Um, but yeah, I was quite surprised, but also I was quite. Um, 
what's the word, not honoured, but I was quite pleased that they regarded that even though they knew my inexperience at WRC level, they were still willing to kind of ask me to, to, to sit with Oliver, uh, which is quite a, you know, I think it's quite a sought after seat in the WRC, certainly a lad who's going to be going places and doing very well in the future. So it was, it was quite a nice, uh, it was quite a nice thing to be asked. And um, uh, I like to think that I've sort of repaid the, repaid the face. With regards to, obviously we, we've talked about jumping in with different drivers and stuff like that, you know, one thing is for sure, you know, we know it's very much a family effort. Obviously, the, the, the Solbergs, I think I've said this before, should be a fly on the wall documentary. Why why that's not being commissioned by anybody is beyond me because I just think it would be brilliant, to be perfect. I genuinely think it would be brilliant. But in all seriousness, we know it's a family effort. We know, obviously, um, you know, his mum does, um, obviously, um, uh, a safety note crew and things like that. And obviously, Petters in the background and stuff. Just with regards to doing notes, just... Again, lazy comparison. Very similar to Petter's notes as they were? Yes, from what I understand. I mean, I've watched some of Petter's on board. And it's funny because, you know, the the common common kind of... uh, thought about the notes is they're really really detailed they're over the top they're probably got more information than you need but when you actually work with the notes i must say the notes are very consistent they make a lot of sense i think oliver and i had some very honest conversations in spain about the level of detail and whether the level of detail is what is needed certainly at 30 miles an hour on the recce every single description within a corner is accurate the issue is whether you need all that at the speed you're going to be going you know so um certainly they they're they, i've never known somebody pay so much attention to the small details in motorsport which isn't a bad thing i think it helps you get to the to the top quickly and stay at the top but um certainly it's it's different to what i've been used to working with um but you know i i there's there's a, a reasoning behind everything that they do and you know i think once you get within that team and within the the family dynamic and and you you kind of explore exactly what they're doing um i think there is kind of a method behind everything i'm gonna ask probably the most obvious question in the world i'm assuming there's an appetite to do a little bit more of this i mean for me personally it was it was a, a, a well a one and then a two rally deal um, I know it was late notice for Finland, so it's kind of can you step in and kind of help us out for Finland? Uh, although the result obviously wasn't what anybody wanted in Finland, the, the dynamic between the two of us and working together on the stages was very good. And obviously Spain was so close to Finland that that then ran into ran into Rally Spain. But um, there's no confirmed plan at the moment to go forward to Monza, but obviously. Uh, Oliver has gone straight from Spain to go and do um, nothing rally-wise in Germany, but some driver training in Germany, and he's home tomorrow. Um, so we said we would reconvene and have a chat tomorrow about anything going forward. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I'm just very, very glad that I got a chance to go in one of these world rally cars um, before they kind of die out and go hybrid. Um, just the just the experience of being in a car like that, especially on tarmac, because just so savage and raw and superb and it was everything i expected it to be you know so um we'll see what the future holds there's nothing in the in the pipeline as of yet um i know it's built on kind of auto sport that i me with uh 
Oliver and Aaron Johnson with uh, Taka were kind of on trial or in a trial period, but it was never kind of worded like that between the two of us. It was just, uh, can you do these two events and help us out? And then we'll just see what the future holds really after this. Right. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm now gonna regress to to probably twelve or thirteen year old Tony Simpson. I'm gonna say, <laughs> just talk to me about the World Rally Car. Just, 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 just humour me. because <laughs> I've not been in one. Talk to me. Tell me about it, Craig. I mean, I was. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was very, very impressed. I've been in. Uh, you know, been in a, a whole range of cars. I've been fortunate to be in a lot of World Rally cars. Uh, you know, in privateer hands with Focuses, with Subaru World Rally cars, etc. Been in a few R5 cars. But going back to Finland, even the this kind of factory uh, step to Hyundai R5 car was just superb. I was very, very impressed with that on gravel. Um, came out of that rally thinking, wow, these cars are really, really quick. And now I stepped into the World Rally car for the first time at the test a week ago Friday, and it just absolutely blew my mind. Um, just that, the, the, you know, the acceleration is very, very fast, but not too dissimilar to what I've had before in the Subaru in America, etc. But it's just... The rawness, the change of direction, the brakes, just everything is just absolutely on point. And, and what I found out over the weekend of the rally is that you, you don't, everybody is so on the limit that you can be 98% there and, and have a good stage. But if you're not 100% on it at all times, these guys are just pulling time on you all the way, you know, and, and just the, just there were times on the stages, despite being really busy with the notes, that I genuinely had this sort of tingling feeling of like, these cars are just awesome. And even if that was the only one that I ever do, I'm just so relieved and grateful to have had the opportunity to be in them. But whatever you think about them back home and how awesome they look, that's exactly how they feel when you're in the car as well. Good. I'm so glad you said all that, Craig. Honestly, <laughs> do you know I, what? You know, you- uh, you say you regress to the, to the kind of young lad teenager, but I, I, you know, I was exactly the same. I, we were talking earlier about, you know, saying about how easy it is accessible to get photos. My phone now is just full of photos of the car, just stood still in different places on the rally before stages, before shakedown. I just couldn't get enough of it, you know, and I think that's, it's reinvigorated the love of rallying for me a little bit, you know, and even, you know, every time I FaceTime back home and spoke to my fiance, she was always like, God, you're just absolutely buzzing. And I think that's what those cars do to you. Two more questions before I let you go. Get on with the rest of your day. Yeah. Did, did Mr. Adamo give you a hug? Yes, he did. Good. He did. He's um he's quite he's quite the character. Lovely guy. Um, but you know, we certainly know that he's he's the boss and he's in charge. But he was uh, very friendly towards me and uh, very very happy with the result. You know, we knew going into that rally with Oliver's run of luck and mistakes and you know mechanical issues over the past five events that this weekend was just all about finishing it didn't really matter where we finished necessarily um but uh it was, it was very much a pressure of get to the finish but um no he, he was good as gold and uh very happy at the end last question is there any bruising from, from the hug just <laughs> Uh, but to be fair, I went to the chiropractor yesterday and he said uh, definitely, definitely needed work. What with Finland and with the uh, and with the general world rally car and then the forceful hugs from the team bosses making us get to the finish, then yeah, I was definitely, uh, definitely sore this week. Absolutely. Um, but there's nothing else <laughs> in the nether regions that needed any kind of attention? There's nothing I can talk about. I, okay, I, that's fine. I, you know, I, I, I've already got in trouble with my mother for that one. So, um, you, know, uh, you know, one of, one of the biggest lessons learned is that the camera's always rolling. Right. 
Craig Drew, I'm <laughs> going to ask you a direct question. Right. Did you, if this, that was either, right, there's two things that happened here. That was either a genius moment of marketing thinking, <laughs> yeah, no one will ever forget Craig Drew's bollocks at this point. Yeah. Or yeah. the second yeah. one, genuinely, you forgot the camera was running. Genuinely forgot the camera was running. And also I was making the excuse because there was a section of stage and we went over the bump and obviously the, what happened happened and I got the pain. And for the next, probably it felt like a kilometre. It may not have been that long, but I was slightly behind on the notes and I was slightly raspy with my voice on the notes. And I wanted to get that excuse in before Oliver turned around and said, oh, what happened there? The notes were a bit late on this that, and the other. And that was my reason for saying it straight away. Uh, but also, I just wanted him to get to the stop board quickly so I could slacken the belts off properly. <laughs> uh, I watch you on board back and there's definitely a grunt of discomfort as we go over the, the bump in question. I still think it's genius marketing because let's be honest, it's just created this whole this whole thing now. I've seen, seen, seen the balloon you came home to as well, by the way. Yeah, I know. that my, my phone absolutely blew up for the rest of the day on there. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's always nice to be talked about. Whether it's nice to be talked about that about that particular thing is another question. But uh, you know, I got a I got a, an extra special hug and a balloon from it. So as far as I'm concerned, it worked out perfectly. What could possibly go wrong? Do you know what? Genuinely, I challenged myself not to mention it, and then <laughs> I got all the way through, and I thought, just for a giggle, I'm going to have to ask the question because I did have the thought afterwards, and I thought. That's gone out all, I don't mean to make you feel any worse here. That's gone out all over the world. So all over the world, people are thinking about your left bollock. (laughs) Now, I know know that sounds weird, but there's very few people at that point all over the world that there's one individual that's thinking about that individual's left bollock. Well, that's true. And also, you know, I, I think to myself, if I don't go to Monza, if even if I did no more rallying on the world stage at all, at least I've left my mark. Absolutely, absolutely. I do hope in the FIA when they get to the FIA awards, there's there's, there's a golden bollock. I really yeah, do. That would, that would be super. That would definitely. I would get rid of all of my other trophies I've ever won, uh, and that one would just sit on the mantelpiece. That was all. That was all I would ever need. Mate, you're a legend. Listen, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Guys, I know it's your day off and everything, so I'll let you crack on and enjoy the rest of your day. And well done again. Listen, we will catch up again a lot sooner than what we have done this time. Okay. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Craig Drew, thank you for joining us at Absolute Rally. Folks, we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back with Ian Campbell discussing the BRC calendar for 2022. This is Absolute Rally. Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. And welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. As mentioned at the top, we've, we've we talked about it briefly, um, but I thought I'd get... Well, to be fair, he was a friend of the show. Then he disappeared. He's got a high high level job now, and you know we have to make appointments and try and get through to him. And then I just throw a cheeky text into him today because there was a big announcement with regards to the British Rally Championship and the calendar for next year. And Scunner Ian Campbell came back to me. Hello, Scunner. I thought that your people had lost my people's number, and that's why we stopped speaking. 
<laughs> oh no, 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 nothing like that. Nothing like that. It's just, oh, yeah, okay. I think lost in translation. <laughs> we'll go lost with in that. translation. How are you keeping with, it? With my, with my, with my accent, lots of things get lost in translation. Well, I can only echo that. I can only echo that. So we might need a translator for this one. We might need a translator <laughs> for this one. Um, no, things are good here. Um, like I say we're, we, you know, I think the championship's got another two rounds to go, but we've announced a, a 22 uh, calendar to, today. And then, um, you know, it seems strange that the last time we ran the full season was uh, 2019, and we finished in September, and I never go to the third week in November. It's um, as everything in, in UK rallying is just now. We're trying to condense the sort of 12 months into the last four months of the year. Yeah. Uh, it, which, uh, as I say, we've just before we started doing this, just uh, just the concept of being able to go from one weekend to the other to to do rallies at the moment, um, it's just bonkers. Because even in, you know, we, we we talked briefly last week. We were talking about you know we went straight into Spain. Uh, it felt like we only just were getting over Finland, and all of a sudden we were into Spain. Of course, very similar for you guys coming out of Mull, uh, and it just feels like we're drawing breath, and and then we're into to, to Cambrian, but. Um, before we talk about the season where we are at the moment, I'd, I'd like to talk about the, the 2022 calendar. Um, and, um, I, I love, I love the fact somebody, and look, I, I know he listens to the podcast, so I'm actually going to mention him because I know I'm one or two mention him. James Phillips put something fantastic because you're never going to please all of the people all the time with the British Rally Championship. I can be, I, I can love it and I can drive me bonkers all at the same time, Ian. But I'm sure you have that relationship with it and you're the championship manager. But, <laughs> but, um, we start off, this is a very, um, uh, a, a different calendar in the sense of, um, we, as I said, we've just, we've just come out of Mull, but we haven't got Mull for 2022. What, what was the rationale behind that? So the, the look of the calendar for, 2021, which, if you like, has been a hotspot calendar. It's not the calendar that we announced that we were going to run originally. Um, I think you know everybody is, is running, uh, is doing a championship, is, is firefighting with the, the events that you can you can do and you can run. And we've we've been helped out greatly by the rallies that we've had. And what has come out of the, the the rallies so far that we've run? Is that the competitors have appreciated that um, the rallies have been like really short, sharp events, or at the most, we'll take them all out of the conversation at the moment, at the most sort of one and a half day you know, events, recce Friday, maybe a stage Friday night, do all day Saturday. And, and that's working really well for the competitors from a, a financial point of view. And that's not just finances as in money, monetary terms for. You know, less tyres, less fuel, less insurance costs, things like that. But it's also the, the the value that they're getting back and the time that they can spend at home or spend at, at business. Um, and whilst we all really want to, you know, everybody, competitors, spectators, event organisers, championships, want, would love to get back to you know, bigger events. Everybody craves big events. Financially, that's not where the, the rallying business model is just now. Um, and... That's come back to us really strongly from from this year, um, so hence what we were looking at for the, the 22 calendar. And sorry, Tony, I'm not being a, I'm not dodging your question because you asked me about Mull. Um, Mull was a reserve event for 2021. Um, we then had to include it in, in the event uh, in, the, in the championship. I'm delighted that we went there. I am cheesed off that um, you know ten of our crews withdrew their entries um, before the event started, but that meant that. All but four reserves actually got a, 
a start on the event. So that's good news from the, the event perspective. Um, and I've also got a, a personal hat to wear with Mull, and that it's the, the first rally I ever went to. I was a clerk of it for, for five years, and I've been involved with it every year since 2012. So kind of know the, the politics, know the uh, know the islands, know the know the heroes, know the villains, um, and also have you know a strong tie to the, the event. And one of the big things that I personally wanted from Mull um, was with the championship guys going there was to introduce new blood to this event, new blood that was badly needed for the event because there's actually no point in printing a, an entry list for them all because you can just print the one from 2009. It's the same 150 names that are there until you go and get into the, the new guys coming. And everybody that went um, loved it. All said it was really hard. All said it was a pure challenge, but all actually loved it. And the best news out of it is that quite a few of them said, don't care what we're doing next year, we're going back there in October. And that to me is part of of my mission accomplished for, for that one, which is not really a, a championship mission, um, but I think it's very strong for the for the future of that event because it needs new blood, it needs new direction um, to, to keep it going. Yeah. I, the, the comment that I read, just and it will give you the chuckle uh, with all, all those things you've just said, but but as I say, he is an old mate of mine, old co-driver, uh, not for me, one of the few that haven't been a co-driver me, but James Phillips basically made reference to the fact that everybody was kicking off the fact that the BRC went there and potentially going to take entries from, from, from the regulars. And then they announced the calendar today. Can't believe that they're not going to Mull. <laughs> you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I think it was, uh, I'm clumsily trying to get to the point he was making there. So sorry, yeah, James. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And I loved that comment. Thought it was fabulous. See lots of other people have liked it as well. And the, the danger is that saying that the old fogies that have been there for years are just think they've got too much right over the, the direction of that event. And what they have succeeded in doing is chasing away 2300 Club back in 2009. And now they've chased away this team of organisers as well. So it's the, the events, you know, all the best to, to Richard Crozier and his new team coming forward. But the events got a lot to, um, to, to, to gain now um, and, and to change because of the passions that people think they have a right over on that rally, which they don't. Absolutely. Anyway, let's let's get to the the 2022 calendar because we've got some 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 new events there. You know, or, or certainly events that um, are, are fresh in the sense of you know we always think of of rallies having great heritage. Well, we we start off in Clacton, which is. You know, it was, was, was greatly received first time out when we first got the closed road orders. Obviously, we, we, we lost it again, obviously, to the dreaded COVID. But we've got as, as, as our opener event for the 2022 calendar. Yeah, and it's, excuse me, it's appeared in our calendar a couple of times. And we've, we've never made there yet. Um, so looking forward to it. It's, an, it's a new region. Um, certainly since I've been involved with the British Rally Championship, you've got better history of it than I have, Tony. But I don't think that the rally's really been down in that neck of the woods, um, certainly for multi-venues before. Um, so it's going to be different for us. It's a new, uh, a new, um, a new venue. Um, but also the, the roads seem to be quite a challenge as well. They're really, you know, they're short stages, but they seem to come very, very quickly. Um, but also very very tight and naturally is a horrible word, but you know, that kind of that kind of that kind of feel to them. Um, but yeah, it's um, so it's going to be it's going to be nice going to a different part of the world. And, and Alex Waterman from EDSL Sports absolutely delighted about it because it's about forty miles away from him. I was just I was just about to say the only downside is he won't be getting his forty five p a mile business mileage, uh, which I'm sure <laughs> off the back of that he's he's been a very rich man over the last few years. Bless him. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then we go back to a classic, which, you know, from my BRC days was, was a staple of it, to be fair, which is, of course, the Jim Clark rally. Yes, I mean, stay on asphalt, which is, is good for the crews as well, because it um, it saves the, the teams changing from, you know, the, the asphalt setup to gravel and then vice versa and going back. And a, and a lot of our crews are either got team, you know, teams working on their cars for them or, or are hiring the cars in between. So it, it um, saves some of the, the cost from, from in there. The Jim Clark is a completely different kind of beast on, on asphalt compared to, to Clacton because a lot of it's on um, you know, the, the normal um, dual, not dual lane, but two lane you know, roads as well as into the, the, the narrow farm lanes around there. And, you know, it's, you know, it's it disappeared off the calendar for a, for a while. I think it's now run twice in its current form. Um, and I know that the organising team are are very ambitious for, for what they want to do with the event, you know, going forward into the future, about growing it into new regions and things like that. Um, and that's kind of what, what we're looking for. And as you say, you know, it's been a staple of the of the championship before. So um, we talked about uh, different people's passions over other events. Um, the Jim Clark is one that whenever we uh, mention it, it gets an awful lot of love. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's 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 one that I've done several I'm trying to think how many times I've done it. I've done it several times. I know that, but it is, I suppose, it's one of those ones that um, I think the best way of describing those, those types of rallies is perhaps more casual motorsport fans, probably because of the name as well, can kind of identify that there's a rally. You know, it's a rally. You know, Jim Clark. Yeah, that obviously we know. Obviously, his history and his heritage and everything else. But it seems a bit more. Uh, the casual fans would would pick it up just you know by its name. Yeah, well, that's the other thing with um, you know, with the asphalt and the closed roads that we can get now is that we're actually going past people's doorsteps. Um, you know, and, and and that has an effect on on the communities. That has a positive effect of you're bringing the event to them instead of um, disappearing into into forest land somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And then. Uh, again, I suppose a more recent staple of, of certainly of your, your your tenure under the British Rally Championship, the Nicky Grist stages comes back in. We finally get back onto to, to gravel in July. Um, you know, again, another great event, um, always well run and everything else by the guy Neil Cross and the guys. But um, yeah, back on gravel. Um, so for, yeah, back, back on the gravel. It's, it's, it's proper challenging stages that are in there. You know, with Christian and Halfway and, and, and the, the ones that are, are, are all centred around both wells and. As you said, Neil Cross and the team do a, a fantastic job of, um, of of running a very, very um, you know, straightforward event, um, and, and Nicky puts so much um, passion back into it as, as well. Um, and, and it's tricky um, because the, in, in, um, in July there, you know, it can be very dry, so it's hard, it can be hard and tire wear, and, and things like that that can can come very into dusty. it. Uh, very yeah, dusty, very dusty, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, it's a, you know, it's the first time that we um, show it that. It's the first time we get to take on the BTRDA guys as well. Um, so we take the two championships together, which is it's always good fun because one you get an absolutely cracking entry out of it, and, and two there's always the, the different battles about uh, who's quicker than the other. And, and it's the first time we get to we get to have these ego competitions, so it'll be good fun. Absolutely, and then we 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 continue an event which I've I've only ever heard great things about, but I've never ventured that far north. To be honest with you, I've only ever really ventured north when I've been doing the, the BRC back in the day. The Grampian Forest Stages event, you know well. Um, so Grampian is the first time was on the calendar this year. Um, my attendance at BRC events this year has been um, sloppy to say the best. Um, so I, I never made it to the Grampian, which 
poor when it's my local event or within a couple of hours of here anyway. Um, but really, really fast stages, um, really quick. And whilst the, the Grampian had for a, or, or sorry, what was the Granite City had for a while a reputation for rough stages, um, these aren't, these are really smooth stages. In fact, I think my Edwards was complaining just because they were a wee bit loose in the top this year. He, he reckoned he was um, doing an OG and losing time that way. But I suppose you've got to come up with an excuse somewhere. Um, so it was, um, but you know, the, the, they are high speed um, and just, well, it's a, it's a beautiful part of the country and uh, everybody should be um, given a reason for, for coming this far north. Absolutely. I'm not going to show off now, but it's only the fact that Osh was on with us last week. So I'm going to attempt this one. I'm going to go Rally Bay, Carrier Diggin. There you go. I don't well, know how close that is, but that. that's, but my, impre- that's my impression of Ocean Price. Sorry, Ocean. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, again, you know, I know obviously Phil Pugh and the guys be- behind that. Um, you know, it ran as a standalone event. There was some great coverage from it and everything else. But was was this an easy an easy one to, to, to get in for you? It's easier for me to just call it the RBC rally. Um, but, yeah, it, um, it's one that we've been talking to the guys for, for a while. Um, and, again, you know, as you just said, they they ran extremely well the, the first year they ran it. Their promotion levels were just uh, you know out, out of this world, um, really high class and a, a huge buzz behind the, the whole thing. And they've got enormous ambitions for for that event and then how to how to make it grow and, and where they can where they can go from from there. So it's one of these ones that was a. It was an easy request for us to put into them, um, and you know, as with always, you know, we we ask the events if we can come to them, and they either say yes or no. Um, and you know, so delighted that they've said yes to us. Um, the stages look really, really tricky. Um, you know, very a bit mall-like maybe. They're very, very narrow, very um, you know, and very three-dimensional um, from what I've seen. And it's also you know, really short, sharp. Um, when you go out on the loop, you know it's more or less you put your helmet on when you start the first stage, and you don't really take it off till you get to the end of the last one of that loop. Because it's, because the road sections are so tight as well. Um, so looking forward to it very much from um, a competitive point of view, but really looking forward to what they do in the promotion side because they they will make a lot of noise and they do it very very well. Absolutely, I was very. I must admit, I enjoyed the coverage, and I, you know, I was I was really sold on it when I seen what what, what the guys were doing there. Um, but uh, we're going again. We're going to another. It, it, to me, and I know I I've done this event, geez, for off and on for twenty years. So that makes me feel really old saying that. But we 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 go back to track road. Obviously, it, it is a BRC around uh, again now anyway. Um, but um, again. A very, very important part of the world. Um, you know, we're all, I think we all sometimes perhaps, especially with, you know, when, when I haven't done BTRDA for, for, for many years as well recently, but you know, it can get a bit, a bit too Welsh, if I can say that without getting, I've got to be careful now. I'm probably going to get lynched. I probably should have thought that through a little bit more, but still, there you go. <laughs> but absolutely no disrespect to anybody in Wales at all, but it is nice to go somewhere rallying also a little bit different, but uh, track rods in as well, which in, it, in its traditional time as well, which was always important for me. It was always that kind of late September time. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just having been there for, oh, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, the, the competitors all loved the stages. Um, they said they were in really, really good condition, you know, seriously, seriously fast, but, you know, but, but also, you know, tricky from there. 
the Friday night stage um, this year turned the event on its head because you know, Matt took a, a second a mile out of everybody on, on that one and um, and that was kind of you know game over on, on stage one um, but it's <laughs> and Rod Park and, and the clerk of the course kept telling me yes you can come to the event but we're not doing any flags and bunting and we're not doing any razzmatazz we don't do any of that stuff and you go, I okay, fine, whatever, Rod. And he's got a brilliant start venue. He's got a fantastic finish venue. He's got loads of people out in the stages. He's got loads of people at the starts and finishes. And what got me with darting back and forth um, between service and and service and then and service, sorry, stages areas was the number of people that were sitting out in pub gardens taking photos of the rally cars going back the road sessions. The whole place just seemed to to buy into the event. Um, and it was it was fantastic, really really good, um, and uh, you know a, a great camaraderie about the service area, and again another BTRDA event that we can um, we can get the competition going between between all of us. So it's I, I you know I was very impressed by the event. I, I really took it to him on the uh, on four, four weeks ago. So no, enjoyed I, that one. I, I absolutely love it. It is it is possibly one of my favourite gravel events. Uh, and I was good that I couldn't do it this year for for various reasons, but so much so I'm actually going to do Molten uh, in a few weeks' time, just simply because it's in Dolby, just because it's as close yep. as what I can get to it, and uh, I've now got the time to be able to go and do it. But um, the season finale um, this year, uh, sorry for for next year, it's this actual penultimate round this year. But um, Cambrian Rally again, another share BTRDA round, but again another clock of the course, which. Which he's been passionate about having the BRC with, you know, as part of uh, as part of the event. Yeah, I mean, Alan Edwards has you know been very um, <laughs> forceful in getting us to go there. Um, but yeah, it's and again, it's you know, it's a good event. Um, it's stages that I I know from the Rally GB days, um, which again are are thoroughly enjoyable. And yes, okay, we're we're back into Wales for a, a third time. Um, but when you get the offerings of of Penn Macnos and such like to go through. Um, that's what you. That's what you want to do, um, and it's a, a nice place to go and finish off the the season because you can think of nowhere better and nicer to be than Bondadno Promenade in, <laughs> at the end of October. Absolutely, um, but yeah, but no, it's a, it, it, you know it's a fitting place to, to finish off a, a whole season. Fantastic, fantastic. That's the calendar. Um, I suppose uh, I'm going to ask you the difficult question because that's that's the way I am because I'm a difficult person. Yes. <laughs> Um, we've got, we've got, obviously we've got Oshin and we've got Matt, um, you know, absolutely going at it, hammer and tongue. And I think the pace, I think the pace would, 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 would travel. And I think it would, I think they, their pace would, would carry over the world over, to be honest with you. Um, I think, mm-hmm. I think Matt is an exceptional driver, obviously a multiple champion and Oshin is, you know, people forget just his, the amount of experience he's got, certainly on the world stage, obviously driving R5 cars, various ones and yep. just, how long he's been around for, you know, <laughs> he's a grown up now. I remember him as, as, as basically as a child, which makes me feel old again. But, um, yeah. we need to see that battle increased. Um, you know, I, I posed a question last week and, you know, you probably won't thank me for this, but, um, you know, the fact that it only ended up as, as Oshin and Matt on Mull was there a temptation basically to have a gentleman's agreement where they, they both didn't go because I think whoever went there was always going to take those important points. What can we do? You know, and I know this is the the ultimate question. Which so yeah, well, well, well no, it's one of these questions. So we've had oh shoot, five rounds now. Yeah. Yes, we've had five rounds now. Um, out of that five rounds, we've only had one double winner. 
um, um, of the, of the overall so far this year. Um, we've yeah, we can you, know, you can go for model and say yeah, there was only two R five cars there through lots and lots and lots of of different reasons. That's you know, what happened um, from each one. But if you go back to if we go looking at the Cambrian um, entry list now, um, all the protagonists that were in uh, Yorkshire are, are back. Um, and Oshin took second place by 0.8 of a second um, on the last stage because Matt Lawson spun. Um, so, you know, the competition is, is really tight from there. At some point, Reese Yates is going to pull a whole event together because we know he's got the pace. Um, but for whatever reason this year, he's either had punctures or he said something that's not just been working right for him in the car or there's, you know, various factors that haven't come for, for him. And so he's done. So he, he's on the, the the pace from from there as well. Um, so you know, the, there's a there's a top four, and if we can get the um, you know Sam Moffat to come back over, um, he's going to be back out onto the, the pace from from that one. So I think there are we're back to about ten or fives from a BRC perspective, or sorry, rally twos um, at the at the Cambrian. So the the championship strong from from that point of view. Um, you know, if you're going to single out Mull, Mull was a, an expensive event for a, a week-long um, a adventure on the west coast of Scotland. Um, but there was no way that Matt and Oshin were ever going to come to a gentleman's agreement on that one. They may be teammates, they may be teammates but that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, they're out, they're, they're out to, to win and to, to be there for themselves. Um, and, you know, and, you know that, that's... They've they've come out and Oshie's done really well because he's come out with his um, his Joker points. So he got thirty from there. Um, looking at the tables, it is still very very tight as to who can win this championship overall because um, Oshie's got scores to drop. I think Matt's got one score to drop. Um, and at the moment, the tables would be slightly skewed towards Matt coming out as a champion um, if he gets a, a one and a two. Um, over the next two rounds, even if, if Ocean gets a one and a two as well in the, in the on the rounds, so that's that's going to be tight. Um, it's the same with the juniors, um, and that Eamon Kelly's leading just now, but wasn't tight. And, and every time he's finished an event, he's won it. Um, but he just hasn't well, he hasn't finished one, and he, he was he's a, a diary clash um, with Heathrow and Grampian. Um, so that's he's, he's had his two drop scores. So that one's very very tight. And then you've got Gary Pearson and um, Stephen Petch, the national. And I think, if I remember rightly, looking at the points permutations, um, it's down to... If, if, I think if Gary wins one and Stephen wins the other and they're both second the other way around, it comes to one point as to who becomes champion in the national. And if you ask me which one it is, I can't remember now. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, it's, it's that tight. Um, so, the, and, you know, so there's still three British championships champions to be crowned, and there's you know there's still people in there that uh, that can really battle for it more than just being down to the two protagonists. Um, the the entry list for Cambrian will be strong. What did you think? And I know I'm, I'm going to ask you the, the ultimate question. This is something obviously I'm quite kind of passionate about as well because I want I, you know I want everything to be healthy um, and everything else, but. When you look at when you looked at the 2022 calendar, was there a mindset as well of of, of actually managing costs as well and, and looking at it from the yeah. point of view of going, look, obviously we do have professional drivers and in inverted commas there, but ultimately most of them either have a business or or in a you know a day job or whatever it may be. Is is that rationale now being applied to it? 
Yeah, very much so. I mean, rallying in the in the UK is a um, you know it's a participation sport that's paid for by the participants. Um, it's not there for the spectators. The spectators come along to watch the sport that the participants take pay, take, take part in, but it's not primarily put on for them. Even though spectators will hate to hear that, um, because they don't add any financial clout to the clubman be, or the sorry, the competitor being able to come in and, and do the rally. Um, so we have to, to look at it, which is hence why we're looking at the, the gravel rallies basically being between 45 and 55 miles being, um, and the, the asphalt rallies will be 60 to maybe 90 miles, but they will be a recce Friday, couple of stages Friday night, all day Saturday, and then you can go home Saturday night. So that's to save on the accommodation, it's to save on the travel. It's, to, it's why since 2016 we've not had management cars in the, the British Rally Championship because that's just an added cost of an extra vehicle, an extra two guys coming to an event, an extra two lots of food, it's an extra two lots of accommodation. It's why we restrict the number of tyres that are available on, on each of the rounds as well because you can get somebody who will throw tyres at something all day long. Yep. Well, actually, on a, on a 45-mile event... Um, it should be you have six tyres and away yeah. you go because the six tyres will do it and okay you've got to put some sort of leeway in there for punctures and such like but we need to you know it is a sport and it's a performance sport and it sounds terrible when you say you have to limit the performance at some point but you have to limit the you have to put regulations into place to start to, to start stopping Jeez, that's really good to stop people just spending 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 yeah um, because otherwise you do come down to one or two people. Um, and you know, we, we want it to be inclusive. And as I say, it's a sport for the participants, so um, we've got to make it applicable for the participant. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree. I, I've, I've actually seen, and I'm, I'm not going to say where it was, but I can remember on, on a single venue watching somebody throw pretty much brand new Pirellis on a Mark II Escort every few stages and you're like, really? Is this, is this what we've yeah. got to? It's just bonkers. Yeah. But anyway. well, exactly. I know we're, all, we're, we're all our own worst enemies at times. We've all got to try and, and help it out and, you know, and, and we've got to try and, you know, it's a sport. It's to be fun um, and it's to be competitive and, and we're all to get the best out of it. Absolutely. Listen, before before we wrap up, um, I, I don't know whether you're going to, I don't know whether you'll answer this, but your 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 cheeky five pounds that I'm going to give you now. Where would it go on the BRC title issue? <laughs> ah, there you go. Get me to sit on the fence and get splinters. Um, so, as the British Rally Championship manager, there are two people left in the championship <laughs> fight: uh, Russian Price and Matt Edwards. So, I've already said that uh, I think the points are favouring Matt Edwards to be the champion. Um, so, in that case, come on, Ocean. So there you go, both of them to win. Absolutely. I can't, I can't Absolutely. answer that one. No, I know, mate. I'm sorry. It was an unfair, yeah, unfair but, uh, one no, for but me. No, having said that, no, no, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be fantastic for Oshin to get it? Because, you know, as you said, he's been there since he's been about 12. Um, yeah. He had his last one in, I think, 2013 um, in, in the championship. Um, apart from, you know, the full points he got at Muller um, two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, that would be, that would be brilliant. That would be fantastic. But then again, there is somebody else from the, the Conway area who very much wants to have um, three titles in a row. That's a fantastic place to finish. Uh, Ian Campbell, thank you so much for joining us on Absolute Rally. Going through the calendar with us, and uh, let's not leave it so long next time, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that my people have your number again. <laughs> 
<laughs> Folks, that has been absolutely rally for this week. We do appreciate the download. We do, of course, appreciate Kiel. That without them, we wouldn't be here. We'll be back same time, same place, in the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Kiel the Works team. Spread the word. And download the podcast every week. 